This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Well, good morning. We're going we're to do something a little bit different this morning. If, if you are a guest and you think, oh my gosh, what did these people do? <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a little bit different this morning. What we're going to do is, is we're actually going to answer questions that have come. And, you know, our, our church is a big church. And one of the challenges of a big church is we don't get an opportunity to sit down and visit with people. But let's say that we sat down, you, you and I and Joy sat down and had some coffee. And maybe you had some questions for us. Chances are we're not going to get those questions ahead of time. And so we wanted to keep that conversational flow. And this is what, so Joy and I don't know the questions that are coming. Uh, a, couple, a, a, couple of, uh, a couple of things that we, we are going to tell you just ahead of time. We will not be discussing sex. Uh, we're from a different generation, and uh, we, we think that's kind of private. And hearing your pastors talk about sex is TMI. And uh, it embarrasses Matt. And uh, we, uh, and, and, and Joy said we're not going to talk about it. So I'm smarter than I look. We're not talking about it, folks. But here's, here's what we are going to do. We are going to post three books. I talked to Maggie Russell, who's a great marriage counselor. She has three books she recommends. We're going to post that on Facebook uh, after the service. So uh, read the book. We wrote a book, but we're not going to share about it. No, I'm, I'm kidding. We did not write a book on that. We, uh, but we read books, and they helped us. And so that and the questions won't be live. So if we say something that sparks off something in you, we can't do it live. If we did live questions, those kind of devolve into be really challenging or embarrassing. So Matt's got the questions. Here we go. All right morning. Um, if you'll see right here at the lower eighth, uh, we have a number you can text in your questions as service is going. We're not going to be throwing them up on the screens. Um, we'll try to take as many questions as we can um, and answer the questions that you have. And uh, we had lots of questions that came in too as well over the week, so we'll be going off that list. So here goes nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One of the first questions we have is, um, how do you make your marriage a priority? How do you make your marriage? How do you make your marriage a priority? How do you make your marriage a priority? You, you know, I, I think like anything else, it's, it's a decision. And as a decision, you determine that you're going to spend a lot of time with, with your spouse. And you want a marriage that works. And when marriages work, they are really a blessing. And when they don't, they're difficult and painful. And so I think we experienced enough pain that we really wanted to focus on, on making sure that, that our marriage worked and that for the kids, for, for even our own peace of mind. You got anything you want to add? Well, I, I, marriage is, is so valuable, and sometimes you forget how important it is. And so that's where we don't put time to that. So we began to just put little things into our everyday life. Let's go have coffee together. And you would schedule it like you would an appointment. I would keep an appointment with someone, so I'm going to schedule time with you. We're going to spend time together because it's valuable. It's valuable to God. It's the best thing you could ever give your children. And so you're like, okay, we're going to make sure we have these things. We didn't do anything elaborate. We weren't big on, you know, we have to have this huge vacation or we have to go out to this special dinner all the time. We did little things along the way that help prioritize for marriage, actually. Um, okay, so here's another question. Uh, how have you created healthy boundaries for your marriage 
slash family? Have you created healthy boundaries for your marriage slash family? Who said we had healthy boundaries? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I came from a, a, a family that was probably not good with boundaries. And so I, I began to recognize where the extent of, of my boundaries, and it, it was something I took a good look at because I realized so much, so many conflicts are involved with boundaries. And so we begin to establish boundaries that Joy and I were the top priority, that our, our children, our, our relationship with the Lord and church. So we begin to establish what are the most important things in our life. And then I was the one typically that, that led the way in boundaries. That was not your strong suit. No, I actually read Are you going to even say, are you going to try to say something here? Go, yeah, go yeah. Okay. Can I interrupt you? Can I interrupt you? <laughs> go ahead. Which you shouldn't do in marriage, but I just did it. Um, but I read the book Boundaries, and Alan always was better in this area. I actually did not understand it. And I was enlightened as I read the book Boundaries at how much God has boundaries in the Bible. And I was like, okay, wait. If this is part of who God is, if this is in the Bible, then this is actually something I should have. I never saw boundaries as kind. And boundaries are actually the kindest thing. It keeps the good things in and the bad things out, the same way you close the doors of your house so something doesn't crawl in. And so it's like, okay. So I really had to learn and get enlightened there. But I can tell you, it helped our marriage huge. And it protected our marriage. So it's going, it's going to evolve some. In other yeah. words, I don't know that a couple starts off with great boundaries. I think it begins it to work. develop and you can grow in that and you can, you can begin to work through that. What, what safeguards did you put in place to protect your marriage from outside influences? Good question. Um, I think you have to watch, you have to watch your work relationships. Um, work relationships, especially if, if there's problems in the home and you go to work and someone treats you nicer at work, I think you have to be aware of that. And so you, you start work relationships. You know, even here at the church, we have, we have a no closed door policy. Anytime I'm, that we visit with members of the opposite sex, we, we have established that the doors are open, we have windows. We, and so we, we, we make some safeguards to do that. You know, here's, here's another thing, and this, this, this is not going to make us popular, but um, I, 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 uh, we're used to not being popular. So uh, I, I think one of the things is we watch some of the stuff that we watch on television yeah. and, and some of the input that comes in. It, it Usually a lot of the input, a lot of the movies, a lot of the shows, very few of them really honor marriage yeah. and really honor fidelity. And, and we, we noticed, we watched a movie one time years ago, and in the movie had Sam Elliott in it. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And, and Sam Elliott had, was helping this couple, it's a Western, <laughs> cross, cross the, the plains or something, and the guy was a real wimpy guy, and Sam and the wife had an attraction, and we found ourselves pulling for Sam and the wife to have a relationship. And we looked at one another and said, what are we doing? This, this, this is... This is wrong. We wouldn't want that in real life. And so you have we to pulling, understand. We were pulling for the other woman. We're like, why do we like him with this other woman, but he's married, but she's married? And so it was like, how are our emotions going the wrong direction here? So, so we watched the. Yeah. 
We, we really watch. We watch the input. We have uh, conversations. I, I think many of you were here the, the time that, that Joy shared that, um, that you want me to go ahead and tell your story? Real quick. Uh, I, I can tell your story. When she shared with me, Alan, there's a guy at church that, that mm -hmm. I find I'm attracted to. And i never forget the first time we shared that here. A lady on the front row went, <gasps> uh, <laughs> and uh, I asked the question later. I said, because when we begin to describe that, I said, how many of you thought it was me? And like every hand went up and they're like, it was no, it was, it was joy. I think by talking about it, it uncovered it. It, it, it took it, and so we were able to deal with that and, and, move, and move forward. All right, yeah. so uh, here's another question. How can I get my spouse to listen to me? Oh. So these are not my questions. Is this, is this these the, are questions that are coming The husband and the wife. Yes. Is this I don't spouse. know. It's okay, spouse. yeah. Spouse. Well, wow. <laughs> How did you get... How did I get him to listen, listen. to me? Yeah. <laughs> I had to pray a lot. <laughs> I was like, Lord, I mean, I need you to do something here, you know. And then he'd, he'd come back and he would often, you know, tell me something. I'm like, oh, thank God I was praying, you know. It always didn't happen. He wasn't always listening to me. What? <laughs> <laughs> and yet listening is like a really nice thing. In a marriage, you know, I'll be quite honest. Very few, very few people are that you really know have what I would call great listening skills. And oftentimes, what we're what we're thinking often when the other person is thinking, it's like someone says you're loading your gun behind not your real gun, but you're loading your verbal gun behind your back, and they're talking and you're loading up and you're like and you can't wait for them to finish so you can get your your points in. And so, listening is something that we got better at. Um, I, am, I am what they call an auditory processor, if you're familiar with that term. In other words, and you're the same way, because yep. we used to ask, we used to tell Matt, Matt, and we would, we would tell something to him, and he'd be doing something, looking all around, and we would say, what do we say to you? And he would repeat it back verbatim. And so we realized, oh, okay, okay, he actually is listening. And so oftentimes, I'm, not, I'm looking somewhere else, and Joy's like, are you even listening to me? And I can repeat it back verbatim, I, I, I get it. But my listening skills, I had to learn to make better con yeah. better eye contact. Yeah. Joy's like, you're not looking at me. I'm like, look at me. All right, all right, I'm looking. So it, it was it, <laughs> But here's, here's the thing. Like most things is, you can develop in that. Yeah. And so also, I used to tell Joy, don't, when I walk in the house, don't bombard me at that time. Let me detox just for a little bit before you hit me with everything that's going on in the day. So I think timing and listening can, can be real key. And if you look for moments, it can, it, can make a, it can make a big, why are you nodding your head? Why are you, why are you, why are you? Why are you? All right, um, so <laughs> what does it mean for a man to be the spiritual head of his home? I, uh, well, that's a that's a question that could that could really evolve. I, I I think I think for me, if if a man can say, we're going as a family. We're going to serve God. That we're going to um, we're going to make God a priority. 
I think sometimes if, if, if someone is viewed as being the spiritual head, it does not mean they have all the answers. And Joy has a, a great relationship with the Lord. I have a relationship with the Lord. It's separate. But as, as the head of the house, I can set a tone that it's different than when she sets a tone. And so together it creates, uh, I think, a lot of synergy. It creates a lot of, of strength. But it's, it's saying is we're going to, we're going to make church a part of our life. We're, we're, going to, we're going to make God a part of our life. And then being the one who holds those standards. And so standards begin to slip. And I step in and go, no, no, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going. You want to? I think you can add in on this. Well, you don't want to? <laughs> I, I think it's a reason to pray a lot. You know, as a wife at the leader of the house, I'm like, dear Lord, please let them do the right thing, you know. So you pray a whole lot. And I like that. <laughs> You're like, you know, is your every answer going to be, I pray a lot for him? Yeah. Is that your... Probably, but um, I, I think it's a very secure thing to have your husband leading. I like the idea of leading because it's set up by the Lord that way. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm speechless here. Right. So, <laughs> Here's another question, um, and this kind of tags onto this. Yeah. Can a marriage last when only one of the spouses serves the Lord? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. What can that person do in that situation? And this, I think this is where it gets painful. Um, because you won't, if you've got one spouse that loves God and the other spouse that has no interest, uh, this is where it, it, it can get painful, but... Here again, the important thing is to recognize that my relationship with the Lord is independent of joys, mm -hmm. and hers is independent of me. Mm -hmm. And even when, when I wasn't doing and, and wasn't being the leader and wasn't being the, the guy I was supposed to have been in the home, the fact that Joy finally realized it, and, and you, you can remember where you were, you can even tell that part, but do you remember when you were, when you said, you know what, regardless of what Alan does, I'm going to love God and I'm going to serve God. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the beautiful thing about it is, is when we stand before the Lord in the last day, and the, the Bible says we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. But it doesn't say we stand as a couple. Yeah. It says we stand individually. Yeah. And so the beautiful thing, and, and that's, that's the beautiful thing. You can have a relationship with the Lord. Now, does it make it easier? To have both on the same page, absolutely. No, no doubt about that. But is it possible for someone who to have a relationship where you have one that says, I, I have no interest in God, and the other one says, I love God. Can that person still have a relationship with the Lord? Absolutely. absolutely. I, I, th I think that what's wonderful about serving the Lord is that you can love him no matter what. You can trust him no, no matter what. No one can stop you from loving him. No one can stop you from reading your Bible. No one can stop you from trusting him. And I'm like, Lord, I can trust you for anything. And there was a time where Alan was really down and depressed, and we just were in this place. We were in North Carolina, and I thought on and on and on, day after day. And I was like, I said to him, 
do whatever you want to do. I respect you. I love you. But I'm getting out, and I'm going to reach people, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to serve God. Whether we come out of this or you decide whatever you decide to do, I'm not going to wait. This was during the failed church. We, yeah, when we, we, tried, we, went, we went to North Carolina. Yeah. We, started, we tried to start a church. Yeah. We failed. Yeah. And I went into a black hole. Oh, it was bad. And I'm like, hurry up. There again, the leader of the house. You're like, do something. Tell me it's going to be okay. Make me feel better. Make me feel secure. And I'm like, I'm not getting it there. But I can trust God. I can love God. I can pray. I actually went to the Lord. I said, Father, as much as if I can do what's right at this time, if I can serve you and be submissive, can you move and do something with just what I'm doing? So, and he did. We were sitting in that apartment. You just, you told me, you can sit here if you want. I'm getting out. I'm get, yeah. And you got out and started reaching neighbors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said, Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> and then you know what happened? All of a sudden, I see him sitting on the steps outside. I was like, oh, there he is. <laughs> he was following me. <laughs> and, and, you know, that, that, that's an interesting thing because that was the time when she was stronger than I was. Mm -hmm. And really, she provided more leadership than I did. And, and, and actually, when the marriage really works well, is understanding seasons. Yeah. And it was a season where I, man, I was, I was not bringing it at all, but she did. And then there are seasons where I was able to step in and, and be strong, and she was really struggling. Yeah. And so that, that's really when a marriage works well. But she did. She looked at me. She said, you can sit here if you want. I'm going outside. And she began to go outside and reach out to, to neighbors. We wound up really reaching some, uh, some people in this little apartment complex we were living in. Nice. All right. Um, as a couple, when you disagree on how to handle a tough situation or decision, how do you work through that? How do you work through disagreements? How do you keep from strangling each other sometimes? <laughs> how do we keep from strangling each other? <laughs> you, you want first shot at that? I'm going to say what I always I pray a lot. <laughs> there you go. Oh, my Lord. There you go. If I'm right, then I ask you to tell him. I don't think I'm, 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 I'm wrong. But, you know, sometimes I really am. And I have to, like, go, I'm so sorry. But I'll ask the Lord sometimes where I'm like, I totally, absolutely disagree with you. And that's when I'll say... Just for the record, I'm going to tell you exactly what I feel about it. So if you make a wrong decision, it's, it's on you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I said, I just want you to know. And then I pray, and I'm like, Lord, you sort it. If I'm wrong here, then I ask you to talk to me. And he has talked to me. And I have to repent. But I, I, I think the idea of, of handling disagreements is we've learned not to attack each other. Yeah. That sometimes you're going to disagree. If, listen, I've heard, I've heard people sit down in front of me and go, we never have an argument. I'm like, ever? And they're like, ever. I'm like, well, one of you's, one of you's dead. Because, uh, because there are disagreements yeah. and there are conflicts that yeah. come. <laughs> listen, if, if you want conflict, try to do a marriage series together. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> every time we do it, we laugh because we always get in disagreements doing 
preparing what we're going to share yeah. from the Lord. I do. I'm like, I get something different there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we, and we disagree. But, but when, when you stop attacking one another, look at, and, and kind of objectively be able to look at the situation and go, this is the situation. And then sometimes she'll look at me and she does exactly what she said. She's like, I disagree, but it, it's on you. Yeah, I have washed my hands of this. This is on you. And, but here's, here's the interesting thing. When we went to North Carolina 30-some years ago, we, um, I overrode her. We, we were going to go to North Carolina. We are going to start a church. And Joy came to me, and she said, I don't feel good about this. And I, I remember when, it was a Saturday morning. We woke up, and, uh -huh. and, and she said, I don't feel good about this. I said, well, that's just fear, and you need to rebuke it. And, uh, and she said, she, said well, she woke up one morning. She said, Alan, I had a dream that we were not supposed to go. I said, it's nothing but fear. And we went anyway. And I overrode her on that. And uh, it, was, it was bad. It, it was a bad situation. So she had to process through forgiving me. But one thing we learned was, and, and, and we, we were talking about this recently, I have, we, we have not made a major decision in the past 30 years that we haven't been able to get to agreement on. Yeah. So in other words, I don't just override her anymore. I value her opinion. I value her, her counsel. I value the fact that she's heard from the Lord. And sometimes she'll say, she'll, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll say something to her and she'll go, I don't get that. I say, well, go pray again. <laughs> Since you pray so much, you just go ahead and pray again. And, uh, and, and we'll pray and, and then and then we'll come back and be able to work through it. But it, boy, it's a whole lot better, especially for big things. It's a whole lot better if you're in agreement and, and both of you are in agreement and it works that way. But I've come to, to value her input and her perception. And that's, a, that's a, a, a huge help for me. And we wait. I mean, you have to be willing to wait and go, we're not going to make the decision and we're going to wait. Whenever we were hasty and we've got to do it now, there's a push, there's that pressure um, I've always felt like that's where the enemy's getting in. Because God, if it's God today, it's God tomorrow. So it should be able to sit a little bit. And, and with two preachers, it's like, so what scriptures do you have? So, I mean, we'll go back and forth that way. It's like, give me a basis for why you're saying this. You know, I need to be able to see this and pray about what you're getting. Actually, why you're wanting to do this. <laughs> Right. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Okay. Uh -oh. This question really speaks to me. Um, I didn't ask it, but I, I would. We're dealing with aging parents. What advice do you have? <laughs> Just the messenger. I'll tell you. I, I can do this one. He asked the question. Okay. 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 Oh, you want me to just direct it right to you? Right. right. I believe you have to honor your parents. All the days of your life. We think of it just as a scripture for children. Honor your parents and the Lord. Well, if your parents are older, you're still a child. That doesn't mean you have to obey everything Thank or you. agree with everything. Thank you. But honor to show respect to the position. That before the Lord is right. And there's a promise attached to that. Actually, it said it will be well with you. And you'll live long. And you'll live long on the earth. And I think it's a heart thing. Sometimes we dutifully 
professionally say things right, but the Lord's like, he has sometimes said to me, but your heart isn't right towards the joy. Someone can, the honor and respect have a tone to it. You're like, I said it. I, I said the right words. But did it have the right heart and attitude behind it? You do that before the Lord. So how's that, Matt? No, let, let, me, let me add something to that. Yeah. One, of the, one of the challenges of dealing with aging parents yeah. is the fact that the roles change. Yeah. And you go from being a child yeah. to often being the parent in the, in the relationship where you're having to, to, to make decisions and having to guide and having to make uh, adjustments and changes. And uh, that's, that's, not an, that's not an easy one to make. And, and so it, it certainly requires some prayer, requires honor, but you, you do see, oftentimes you see a role reversal. And so understand that, that things may change. Both of my parents right now are in a home. And, uh, and in fact, my dad is, is going downhill pretty quick. I, I'll be very surprised if he makes it um, this year. Very surprised. And so you're having to deal with that, and I'm having to work with my mom on that. And understanding that it is, it, it is a change. And, you know, sometimes you deal with, with parents, and my mom is very easy to work with. My dad is, is, is a tough character to work with. And, you know, sometimes you're taking keys away from parents who can't drive anymore. That's not easy. But you have to be able to do things for their benefit. And you, if you can do it with honor and respect as much as within you is, that's important. Make sure you take notes on that. Yeah. I, I think, too, be kind and thoughtful. I think is good for the aging parents. I'll remember that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> All right. Um, Switching back to parenting a little bit. Um, here's a question. I thought our nest was empty, but now they're back. <laughs> How do we navigate this new reality for everyone's benefit? Ooh. Wow. Mm. I, I, well, let, let, while you're wowing and pondering, I'll go ahead and jump in. Um, when, when they're back, and, and the nest was empty and now they're back. I, I think you have to be very clear on what the boundaries are inside the home. That you come in and, and here, here's the deal, and, it's, and, you, and you know this, you've heard this before, my roof, my rules. And so you, you come under my roof again if I'm providing. I think obviously I'm gonna be dealing with an adult here, but there's still some guidelines. And I, I, I think it's very fair, for example, there's no alcohol in our home. And if we had a child that came back and they're like, hey, I like to drink, I, I feel like I'm totally within my rights. It said, you can do that outside the home, but in this home, this is my home. And so we'll establish the boundaries. And I think they need to be established ahead of time and they need to be established clearly. Because what you don't want to do is wade into the situation, have a conflict, and then go, oh, these are the rules. So you sit down ahead of time and go, Here's where we want to go. Here's what we expect. Here's, here's what's going on. And so if you're clear on that and both parties agree to that, then I think you can, you can handle it well. It's when, it's when people get ambushed. They get taken by surprise that they don't know what's going on. So if, if you're clear on that 
and I, th I think it, that's, a, that's a reality. Sometimes marriages break up and, and, and kids have to move back home. Sometimes between jobs, and, and, and I, I've had to go back home and live with my parents. It's not easy, but I think if I go under their roof, I have to submit to the rules they have established in that house. And if you can do that and, and talk about it and just communicate about it, don't go in with assumptions. Yeah, you did that up front, even when we're on vacation. He, Alan will go, let's go over the ground rules, let's go over the boundaries, and it seems funny. Explaining that we have all of our children under and their spouses roof. and their kids under one, roof. under one roof at the beach. Right. And I'm just trying to get out of there alive. <laughs> so he does all the rules up front, and you're like, okay, we're not, but if everyone knows the rules at first, you're not having to go back and... No, I'm sorry to tell you this. I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you that we don't do that. You've already laid them out, which is really a good thing. We did too. When our kids came back, we, we made them pay rent. But I, but you know what we did? Yes, we, we did. We, um, and this was my mom's suggestion. I kept the rent, and then when Matt was going to Bolivia, I said, you know all that rent? And he'd write that check like, this used to be my home, now I have to pay rent. I said, I did it on a sliding scale. I saw what you could afford. I, it's, I'm cheaper than any apartment, anything. But I saved the money, and when he went to Bolivia, I said, guess what, Matt, you know all that rent? Here it is. I said, you wouldn't have saved it. I did. I didn't take it from you. And when we did yes, that Yes, we one, did. We took we it did. from him. Yes, we did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, we did. But also with my daughter, when she needed to get in an apartment, she's like, I'm so used to paying this. An apartment isn't that much more. I said, exactly. So I was helping her, helping them get back out again. <laughs> but but here, here, here's the thing. Clarity of communications up front. Yeah. A, a new employee comes on. We want to clarify the values and goals up front. You want, you want them, because up front, when everybody comes back in, everybody's happy. And, or, or reasonably so. And so the idea is let's communicate now, not have to do damage resolution after the fact. Uh, what are the foundational elements to a spiritually strong marriage slash family? You want first shot? You want me? Okay. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking one is a, a strong spiritual family is going to... Uh, they're going to have personal relationships with the Lord. Uh, and, and that's, you know, if you can have both parties that have personal relationships with the Lord, that's great. Uh, I think uh, for us, we, 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 we made church a part of our life before we were ever pastors. And so it just, it became a big part of our life. Our private devotions was a big part of our life. And then we were willing, especially as we raised the family, we were willing to stick with the values that we believe were important to us, even when it made us unpopular with you guys, yeah. and it, it made us unpopular with some of the other parents. Uh, but these were values that we thought were important. Yeah, I, I, we put, we just, I, for me, I just made sure I had time to read my Bible too. Even when I was young in the Lord and I didn't understand the Bible, I just made a certain time. And Matt was one of those little people that would come as early as I get up, he'd meet me, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to serve breakfast until you can sit here while I'm reading my Bible. And he got to, he put his head on my lap, and he'd, he'd sit there while I read my Bible. And he was 14 when he did that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they, <laughs> but they. <laughs> One for dad, yeah. 
But he, they always respected through the years. I'd go, I, I need to pray, I need to read my Bible, and they, right, Matt? Yes, Do you remember? yeah, because I, I never slept as a child, so. <laughs> That's true. I still don't sleep. But you remember, you remember getting up. Yeah. You remember getting up in the morning and, and hearing, hearing Joy had her prayer place. And I think all of our children remember getting up and hearing Joy pray uh, in the morning. And I think for me growing up, that was one of the strongest things. I just saw you guys live. Like, I'd get up every morning and mom's reading her Bible, dad's reading his Bible. That was a normal thing. They're both praying. And that kind of scared us into not doing anything, too, because <laughs> you knew everything that was going on because you prayed and the Holy Spirit would tell you. Yes, and, would. and we told you. And, and we, we told like, you he would tell us. Know. The yes, Holy Spirit. So I waited till I was 18. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I want to tithe, but my husband won't let me because we struggle to make ends meet. How do I honor God and my husband? This is not me. This is a question. This is a question. Yes. Okay. I, you know, I, that, that, can be a, that can certainly be a challenging one. I, I think two things come into play if... If the husband is the only breadwinner, then I think she's going to have to respect that. If she also makes an income, I think it's fair to say, can you try this? Because the Lord says, try me in this. Mm -hmm. If I'll not open for you the windows of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so maybe she makes it a separate income. She can say, let, let, me, let me tithe with my income mm -hmm. and let's see what God does. Mm -hmm. Almost like a like Daniel did, just give us 10 days, but yeah. give it a little bit longer, give it a year and see if God is not able to do some amazing things. That's, that's a good answer. You like that answer? Yeah, I okay, great. I, I think that's a, a good, I, I think too, if your heart wants to give to God and you want to tithe and you can give a, just a little bit if you are making your own income, God sees that. Yeah. So much of the time I know I tithe because I was afraid. If I don't, I'm going to really be in trouble. It's kind of like paying off the mafia, and, um, which, which I'm familiar with in my family. <laughs> so I'm like, you so Italian. But, um, and, I, and I tithe that way. Uh, and, I, and I put that fear in with Alan. Did we tithe? Did we do that? And I was like, Lord, I want to give to you. I love you. But I think trying it in your heart being there, it's a heart thing, actually. Yeah. Don't you think? Okay. All right. So here's a question. The Bible calls for a man to love his wife as the Lord loves the church. Mm -hmm. What does this look like? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say that to him. <laughs> You're supposed to love me. <laughs> Like Christ loved the church, and I don't think you're doing too you, good. You, you, know, the Bible, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, the Bible talks about the, that Jesus gave himself for. I, I think one of the greatest understandings of love is that it's not a feeling, and it can be, uh, it really, it's a giving of self. Yeah. And so when I would, would put joy before, before me, uh, in essence, what I'm doing is loving her as Christ loved the church. And so it's, without making it a super spiritual thing, it's, it's, it's really, in, in essence, it's saying, I have desires, I have things I want, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them, let them go and, and put her first. And so, and, or put her before me. And, and that really is a 
Yeah, I don't think that loving me meant that he did everything I wanted either. Oh, please, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sometimes in my best interest, he wouldn't, which was a safe place for me, because I wasn't thinking through things through clearly. But to give to me, yeah, that's, love is giving, actually. It really is. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, In-law question. Ooh. Um, is your mom here? No. Okay. <laughs> Donnie's not here. We're good. Um, how do you handle disagreements when it comes to your spouse's family? How do you handle disagreements when it comes to your spouse's family? You want me to take first shot yeah, at this? Or you, are you, are you because this was, this was a challenge for us. Yeah, it was. Big one. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have to think. Both, both Joy and I came from strong families. And uh, my dad was a very strong type A personality, uh, so was I. Uh, Joy's mom is a very strong personality. And one of the challenges for parents is when their children get married, it's very difficult for them to take a backseat role as opposed to wanting to still run the show. And, and so what we finally had to determine was we had to determine what our family's priorities were and then how the family fit with that. So a lot of times family thinks they still supersede, but the Bible says when I married Joy that I left my mother and father, I joined my wife, we became one flesh. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to look at my parents and go, no, I'm not doing that. This is what we're going to do. And so, but and here's what we also did. I dealt with my parents, Joy dealt with her family. And so we, because if it mixes, it gets, it gets tough and, and you become the, the, the bad guy. And so I would deal with my parents. And, and we just had to, we had to explain, here's, here's where it is and, and, and these are related. And, I, and I'm, honestly, that's not easy because I, I've had to look my parents in the eye. They were so upset with me when we moved back to Texas. Yeah. And I looked at them, I said, this is my decision. I am a man, I am a husband, I'm the leader of my family. This is my call. And if I make the wrong one, I'll take responsibility, but it's mine. And so I had to, I actually had to back my parents out of our marriage and in terms of they can't call the shots any longer. And that's not dishonoring. I think for us, it was like, we have to honor the Lord. In that situation, actually, Alan's mom came to me and said, you need to do something. You need to tell him this is wrong. And I believe I had heard from the Lord too, and I said, I can't do that. I mean, we have to honor God first. I honor Alan as the leadership of our household, and I, I can't do that. And I don't think that's dishonoring to them. I think you have to, there's times where you have to go, I have to honor the marriage. I have to keep those boundaries clear. Whenever you do something right, it's not always easy, but things get right and better that way. I was always afraid of, but my mom's going to be mad at me, or your mom's going to be mad at me. But if you do what's right, it, it's the best opportunity for it to smooth out. It, it really is a long run yeah. strategy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It works out better in the, yeah. in the long run. Yeah. What's some advice, how to get along with your in-laws? <laughs> how, you how do I get along with my, how do I how do get, get along, along with my in-laws? <laughs> I think you have to, here again, it's not dishonoring to disagree, but I do think you have to show honor, which means I can respect, I can be thoughtful and kind. Um, we have aging parents at this stage, and I think that you just have to realize 
What stage are they going in? Try to bring some understanding. What are they going through? And address that as best you can. I, I'm going to go back to the idea, though, that, that you deal with your family, yes. I deal with my family, yes. and, and we're clear on what, the, and, and I really think, I'm a big one for clarity. If we can be clear on what the, what the priorities are and what the boundaries are, then we're going to be a lot better off. And, and, so, and so when, when in-laws have a tendency to want to influence or, or to, to put pressure on, we, we both had to look at our parents and go, no, this, this is what we're going to do. Especially, especially if you have in-laws that don't maybe have a relationship with the Lord or have a different relationship with the Lord. You're really having to establish some things. And so I, I just understood where my priorities were. And it's my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with her, my relationship, what we're called to do for God, our family, and then everybody else came in, in priority. That, that goes over huge when you share it with, uh, with in-laws. But it's, uh, it, uh, it, it's simply saying, here's my priorities, I'm sticking with my priorities. But that's something I remember when we were kids, you set those priorities pretty clear for us as kids, yeah. is you're like, you know, first God, then your mother, then you. <laughs> and what, what did I used to tell you? Yeah. I chose her? Yeah, you had me. We had you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and one day you're leaving. Yeah. She's staying. Yeah. This, Hopefully. <laughs> one more thing to that which I thought was interesting we had to grow in the area of boundaries I didn't understand them very much at all and I thought well my parents just don't like you Alan you know and it's That's your it's you they true. didn't no, yeah right. and I thought they didn't like him when I began dealing with my parents I thought wait a second this isn't them not liking Alan this is a problem with me because when I started standing strong they had a problem with me. And I'm like, this is a problem, actually, we've, we have had for a long time. And when you stand up, you can actually have the Lord help heal some things that really have to do with you and your family. And into, into the story, great relationships with, yeah. both, with both sets of in-laws. Yeah. Yeah. It, it took, took time. a while. It took a while. <laughs> if, you, if you can hold on for 30-some years, you can make it to the end. <laughs> All right, um, and this, this is a question that's going back to what I just asked too, but how do you not allow your kids to come between you and your spouse? You have to be wise to it. You know when they're splitting you. Yeah. They come, you know, it's like, did you go to your dad? Did you go, you know, I was like, if you do, if you did that in our family, you're in trouble. Yeah. It was like, if you talk to dad and he said no, and you're coming to me, that doesn't work. Now, I might go to Alan behind the scene and go, why did you say that? But <laughs> why aren't you well, doing but, that? But here, here's, another, here's another thing, and you can remember this. Rarely do we ever disagree in front of you. Yes. And so if, if one of the kids tried to, to start a, a split, I mean, we could, we could close the we doors could, and well, have and it out. And they'd hear us. And they'd hear us, but we, we're not proud of that. But no, that would it, be it, good. Don't do that. But we did, not, we did not let you split us when we were together. Yeah. You're a united front. Yes. Yeah. Like there was, we never played you off each other. Well, and, and, and if we got caught, it was deep trouble. You were in yeah. trouble. 
But, but you know, you, you think about it, even, even with employees and, 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 and staff now, I'll, I'll tell them, I said, you know, we're not always going to agree on everything. I said, you, you may come in my office and we can talk about some things and we don't agree. I said, but when we leave the office, we're on the same page. Yeah. And so Joy and I didn't agree on everything, but we would come to a place of agreement. And so what we presented to you guys was a united front. Mm -hmm. yes. and, that, and that helped. How do you parent a millennial? How do you what? How do you... <laughs> How do you parent a millennial? I can make a million dollars if that's I could write a book about that. Michael. But, uh, that's, that's our youngest. That's, I don't know. that's really, that's my. I'm not sure if we did a good job. <laughs> did you get that, Michael? Did Michael get that? I hope he watches this on YouTube. Uh, I... <laughs> oh, but that's when we, we, we were like, you're getting too much. We started working, Michael. And we realized he was so unthankful. We're like, we're not buying you gifts anymore. You've got to, something's got to happen here. You think everything should come to you and this is not healthy. But I don't know, did it work? No. no. <laughs> the jury's yeah, I, still yeah, out. I, I, think, I, I think here's the deal. I think sometimes we make too much of a big deal over the generations. Every generation does something that just ticks off the previous generation. That's, that's just given. We did things, I did things that just ticked off my parents. They could not understand it. So I think we make, because there's so much media available and because there's social media available, I think people are making a bigger deal. It's generational. We raise generations different. I will say this. What we did, especially with the millennial generation, was we nurtured more than we challenged. We, we thought that self-esteem is built by nurture. Self-esteem is actually built by challenge. And we, we nurtured this generation more, I think, than then if we look back and go back to my parents' generation and even our generation, there were more challenges involved. Yeah. And, and so every generation has to kind of work through what their parents did. And so if, if, I, if I, instead of blaming the millennials, I look at us and go, what did we do? Because we've raised a, a different mindset. Yeah, so challenge is for instead. Challenge, challenge goes better than just nurture. In other words, you're not gonna be able to protect your child from everything that goes on. Sometimes facing a challenge, facing difficulty is gonna be the best way for them to develop a healthy self-esteem. Uh, see how popular that was? You can hear the, 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 the. Thank you. Um, what advice do you have for disciplining your children? Oh, we were both disciplinarians. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, uh, you, please uh, let, do it. Yeah, please. please. <laughs> I mean, you know, have you ever when you're like somebody do something when uh, something's out of order? If you don't do it young, I'm telling you what, it's so painful when they get older. It is, and when they get out of your house, they're like, "Dear Lord, what happened?" What I, I had Christina say to me, "You just didn't spank me enough." I'm like, "I still have time." <laughs> You know, so I was like, don't worry, I, I didn't have a problem with that one. I, you know, let, let me address a highly controversial subject because spanking now has just gone completely out of vogue and, and no one does it. We spanked all of you. Yes. And you more than anyone. And, um, <laughs> and look, how, look how I turned out. Yes. Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt was the child that would laugh when you spank yes. him. He, like, you, you, would, you would spank him, yeah. We played grab your ankles one day and he stopped laughing after that, <laughs> but uh, I, I think the idea is this. If, if, you're going, if you're going to spank him, it's biblical, 
we didn't hit. We never hit with our hands. We, we used a paddle. Hands were for loving. Paddles were for discipline. We never gave more than, what, was it three? Yeah, I don't, some, uh, yeah, we'll say you, three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it may be more, but uh, it, we, 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 tip, we, would, we would pray with them. We would pray with them. Yeah, we would do it privately. You cannot, you can, no one can spank publicly now. You spank publicly and you're going to get CPS called on you. But it needs to be done in love. We would pray with them. We would explain. We, we didn't do it in anger. There are times that I've walked in and Joy says, I am too angry. You'll have to deal with this. And so we, we tried not to do it out of anger. And then, of course, you reach an age where it stops. And, and so we, then we begin to, to ground and, and begin to, but we, we believe that it's much better if we discipline the children when they're under our roof because we're going to be better, more loving, more merciful yes. than the real world is when you leave our roof. And so that, that's, that's why we did it. And so honestly, if I had to do it all over again, I would, <laughs> especially with you. When you... <laughs> When you went to college, Matt, he, he actually said to me, because he got himself in a pickle with finances, and he said, man, I wish I could just get a spanking and get this over with. And I said, that doesn't happen anymore. Life, life will really belt you sometimes. And yeah. we didn't use a belt. But it, it'll, it'll, it'll hurt you, so you're trying to stop that from happening. I had the belt used on me. You did. Oh, gosh. I, can, I, still hear, I still hear sound of that belt leaving the belt loop. When it came out. No, I, w I was slapped. That's real Italian. Uh, My mother's like, it never hurt me. I was like, oh, it's hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> so we did not do that. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, thankfully I didn't get slapped often. Um, Joy has spoken frequently about her relationship with her stepfather. What advice do you have for stepparents who are trying to build a relationship with their stepchildren? Oh, great question. I had, that's a great question. I had a great stepfather. He, he loved me. He really, really loved me. I was seven, my sister was 15, and my sister wasn't as accepting of him. She's like, I don't want another father. He, she was very attached to my birth father. I wasn't. And so, but he was fair with both of us as far as he gave to both of us, and he loved us. Later on down the years, she knew he really loved us. He cried at my wedding. My birth father sat in the back and really had no emotion. But I, he, he, I think too, if you're gonna have to discipline and you're coming into a new family, you have to build a relationship. Say, Father, how do I show them that I care, that I love them? How do I build a relationship with them and connect with their heart? And then from there, you're gonna be okay. Yeah, the, the old, there's an old adage that says, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Yeah. And so before, before the discipline needs to come in, the love and the trust needs to be developed. Mm. Yeah. That, would, that would be our suggestion. Yeah. And that kind of goes into the blended family thing too. Mm -hmm. How do I overcome being scared of relationships? You dealt with that more than I did. Oh, I didn't do a very good job. Even after I got married, I'm like, Alan, I'm still afraid and I'm married to you. I, you know, I just, this whole relational thing, but that's where I had to heal in my own heart. Coming from a divorced home, coming from really not strong, healthy relationships that I had. Um, I'm like, I thought it would be good, but. I, I think when your relationship with the Lord yes. 
that you, you developed a, a trust in him mm -hmm. that took some of the pressure off of me? Yeah, I wasn't trusting of men, but actually, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us to trust your husband. It says trust the Lord. It's good if you have trust. Yeah. I think that makes you more secure. I think that can grow and build. But first of all, I was like, I really don't have it here. Well, well the scripture said it's better to put confidence in the in Lord. In the Lord than in man. So I had to do that. It didn't say you can't, con you, can't, you can't trust man, but it just said right. it's better to put confidence mm -hmm. in, in the Lord. I trust you now. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate, appreciate that. It took a, lot, a little while. <laughs> All right, we're gonna switch gears a little bit. Um, what advice would you give a woman who's almost 50 and single again, online dating is terrible? Online dating is what? Terrible. Terrible. Okay. 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 You, you do that one. I got this one. Okay. I, I, I'm going to say, I, I haven't said this enough, but I, I really, just being a pastor for a number of years and watching my own children, I really believe everyone needs a love committee. And by a love committee, I mean you need people in your life who love you enough to tell you the truth. Because love can be blind. And you can, man, you can bring somebody home and you need people who can look at you and go, honey, that man's one step below a serial killer. I don't know why in the world you, I, I don't know. But you need people who can be honest with you and go, oh no, what are you thinking here? And if you have, Joy, uh, Christina, when she was, she got married when she was 28, 20, but for a long time there, she was doing the online thing. And she started- Actually, we did it together. It was the most fun thing I ever did. It, 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 uh, if any of the guys knew, he was writing back. It was yeah, so I, I, I said, I'll say, write this. And so I wrote, because it, I think like a man anyway. So I'm, I'm, writing the, I'm writing the stuff back. But what, what she finally looked at me and she said, because she made some bad choices. Mm -hmm. And she finally looked at me. She said, okay. She said, from now on, she said, you're my man scan. And she would use me to scan through the people she would potentially date or date. Mm -hmm. And she would run them by me. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a smart thing. I want the best for her. So if, if we, you get some Yahoo in there, I'm like, ooh, no, not, no, he doesn't work. And so I, I really think if you're, you're 50, you're getting back into it again, yes, it is, it's gonna be challenging. And yes, online, but just have some people in your life who love you enough to tell you the truth and they can be a huge help to you. Online is like an interview, too, because you, you're not emotionally connected, so you're like, no, 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 I'd never do that. But when you sit down with someone sometimes and have coffee and you start to get involved, you bypass all of that. When you see them on paper, you're like, mm -mm. So you could, Christina didn't marry someone online, but she started to go, no, I can't deal with that. Uh-uh, yes. She, it began to help her define what she needed. And then she read that book, Sac Sacred Search. Sacred Search. I'm going to recommend it again. Great book. Mm, that's good. If you're looking. Um, switching gears again. Okay. What have you learned about conflict, conflict resolution, and how have you grown in that area over the years? <laughs> and this is one of the last questions. <laughs> no boy. You want you want to talk how about that? You start. Conflict resolution. I, you know, I, I think as we have, I, I think as we have grown spiritually. And I can't underestimate that. As we have grown spiritually, our ability 
to not make each other the enemy and make each other the problem and focus more on the problem has become, both of us are pretty feisty personalities. I know y'all think Joy's just the sweetest thing and she's perfect and she's wonderful. And, and, and she, she is, but she's, she's strong, she's opinionated, and we have opinions that differ. And, and we go back and forth. But we go back and forth and it's not ugly. We go back and forth and it's dealing with the issue not the person. Yes. And so when we stop doing the, well, you're just stupid. Or you're, and, and some of my words hurt her. And, I, and I, would, I would resort to name calling. Usually the one who's wrongest resorts to name calling first. And so, you know, you, you get stuck and you're like, well, you're just stupid, which is, means you've run out of argument. And so uh, when we stop doing that, and started focusing on the problem. And then sometimes we just have to walk away from it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you know, Joy said she, she'd pray, Lord, help him. Mm-hmm. Help, I help. did. Yeah. Dear Lord, help him. I, and help me too. But I will say too, you taught me something real. You said we, you can't win. To win the war, you're not going to win every battle. So sometimes you have to know, I, I, I just have to yield this one. It's not that important. So being married to me is a war? That's a good analogy. Yeah, is that a good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting, huh? And, and, wow. and, and I, I think it's something you can grow in. And you yeah. can grow, you can, you can begin to grow in. And I agree. When it's not, everything has to be, I have to win. Yeah. When you have two people that don't have to win, you can get a lot of stuff done. But if you have to win the argument, if you have to win the point, if you have to win, have to win, and often that's a function of insecurity, when you have to win... It, it keeps fueling the conflict. But when you don't have to win, you're like, hey, let's just get this thing solved. And I think what we've found is we love living in peace. Yeah. And man, when we live in peace, everything flows better. We apologize a lot. We do. There's we do. a lot of I'm sorry's. Yeah. That solves. And quick forgiveness. Yes. Quick well, forgiveness. Well, I wasn't as good there. No, you weren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, really that, wasn't. That, that mafia side of would come out of you. It was like, I held you hold it a grudge for a long time. I kept well, waiting to the, see the gorilla with the shiny suit show up at my house one day and break my kneecaps. Well, but that was. Yeah, and the Lord spoke to me there. I remember one time I'm on my knees, I'm praying, oh Lord, I love you so much. And, but with Alan, I had a certain tone. And the Lord said to me, you can't talk nice to me and then just be snarky with him. And I thought, well, I. I <laughs> I said, well, I didn't say any words that were wrong. He says, but it's in your heart. You have something, and you need to clear it. And, and when I did, a tenderness in my heart grew towards him. I didn't even know I was doing that. Hmm. Sometimes you don't know. You've got an attitude thing going. Yeah. So. And, and with me, it was tone. Yes. My tone of voice could be just real yeah. biting. Yeah. And so when I just, and I did, I, I'm a guy. It's like, What? <laughs> But she's like, that hurts. Yeah. And so just learning to back off of that <laughs> helped. Yeah. And you know, and it's, again, it's just the Bible talks about giving honor to the wife as unto a weaker vessel. She's not weak, but I treat her like she's valuable. And so my tone, I have to watch my tone, that I can't just snap off something, that I can add some kindness there. And when we, when we do that, 
Just a little bit of kindness. Kindness is big. It goes a long, long way. It's memorable. You always remember kind things, and they can be so little. Yeah. Should we make our teenager come to church? Yes. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) You you know, guys, I I I really believe very very firmly in the idea: if you're under my roof and you're under my authority, then then you're under the uh, uh, that there's there are some things that are non-negotiables when you're. And I, you know, and I people say, well, you know what? I'm old enough to make up my own mind, and I agree. And when you're on your own, you will make up your own mind. But while you're in my house, we're going to do it my way. Well, too, if I talk to a lot of parents that are praying, you know, my children, they're outside the home, and they won't come to church. So you want to show a pattern of when you're under my home, we're going to go to church, we're going to serve God real strong, so that when you get outside of the home, you want to do that. And you don't have that pain as a parent, actually. Praying for your children, please let them go sometimes. So it's a good pattern that they can keep in their life. All you guys yeah. are in church. We, we made you go all the time. All the time. <laughs> we did. Oh, and, and we're not apologizing for it either. <laughs> well, you made us go to church and serve. And, serve. and that and was, serve. as a family, it's like whenever I wasn't in the home, it's like when I was somewhere else, another town or wherever, I was like, I need to get to a church and I need to serve in that church. I just can't. That was something that you guys put in us from the very beginning. And it, That's how we were. I think all three of us serve and there pretty you. much go to church all the time. Yeah. So, blammo. Um, how do you not allow your kids to come between your marriage relationship? <laughs> you want you that start, You, you start, want okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that... Um, I think you have to be very intentional about that. Yeah. I, um, you know, we laugh, but I've, I've told you this before, and sometimes the, the children would try to push and they would try to get in between us. We have three, and they would try to get in between us, and uh, I, I was very clear on this. I told them, I said, here's the deal, guys. I said, I chose her. We had you. And, uh, <laughs> and yes. I said, you will be leaving the home one day I need her to stick around. I, I, I need her to stay. And so we were just very clear on our priorities and we, we, we did not make, we did not put, you were not, we were not a child-centric home. No. You would tell me though too, Joy, I don't feel like you're spending much time with me at all. You're so involved in the children's problem in that, even emotionally, you're not here when we're talking. And I realize, you know, what the Bible says, what God puts together, don't let anyone split it apart. And without realizing it, real gently, just these little things come in between you and you have to go, the best thing I give my kids is our marriage together and unity is powerful and so that's that's you have to be intentional yeah yeah you have to be intentional and notice and talk to each other about it and you and you were very very clear as a kid i never thought oh you love me more than you love mom or anything like that 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 was never that was only a question i never questioned that at all because i mean you told me i love your mother more than i love you And if they were ever disrespectful to me, Alan would step oh, yeah. right in and go, your tone with your mother is off. I'm like, go, oh, no. go, go, yeah. tell him, tell him. <laughs> All right. Um, 
All right, here's a question. If you want to start teaching your children about Christianity and implementing a love for God in your household, where do you start? That's a great question. Yeah. I, you know, I really believe that there's an old adage that says more is caught than taught. Mm -hmm. And so what they see, children see in the home is what they're, what they're going to reproduce. Yeah. And, and so if, if it's a reality in your life, if you're trying, you're making an effort, if the kids can see that, yeah. it's going to impact them yeah. even more than forcing them to go to church or forcing them to, yeah. listen, if it's part of your life and it's like, this is what we do, then that's, that's hugely impactful. Yeah. You can remember getting up in the morning and what, would, what was the first thing you would hear? Mom praying. Mom praying. Yeah. And, and so joy would be out and you, you had, a, had a place. And so it was just part of our life. And, and being part of our life, you picked up on that. Totally. And so I, I really think if you want to implement it, just you live it in, in front of them. You know, if you're complaining, you know, if you're having the big argument, are we going to church tomorrow? Oh, uh, we have to go to church. Oh, dear Lord. If I hear him one more time, I'm going to throw up. If, if, you, if you say things like that, kids pick up on it. Yeah. And, and so you want to like, hey, we love God. We serve God. This is what we do. And you're enthusiastic about it. It'll help them. Remember, too, we had a lot of conversations around the table about God. We did. So we ate dinner as a family most nights, and we had a lot of conversation about who God was and yeah. that, and that helps, too. Yeah, it's part of our life. And, and I don't think you have to be perfect at all. There were so many times where I was crying, and I'm like, you know what? I'm having a hard time right now. And I remember we were financially strapped, and Matt was a little fella, and he says, Mom, are we poor? And I was like... I, we were. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I wanted to go, I, I, I wasn't until I got married, you know, and so, but I didn't say that. <laughs> what I said was, and it was hard. I remember, I'm crying in the front seat, he's in the back, and I'm like, you know, Matt, I believe God is helping us. We are trusting God that we're going to come out of this and that he is going to help us, and we have enough for today, we'll have enough for tomorrow, and so, but he asked me that pointed question, and I had an opportunity to, what are we going to do as a family? Yeah, it was through tears, but I'm going to trust God, and you're going to see me trust God, and you're going to see me repent, and you're going to see me um, make mistakes, you're going to see me read my Bible, and it's, it's your life before the Lord, but they really catch from the earliest ages, I think. Yeah. yeah. What was the, we're going to switch gears a little bit. What's the most difficult challenge you've had to overcome as a couple? What's the most difficult challenge you've had to overcome as a couple? Oh, which one? <laughs> the most. The most. That's hard to qualify. Wow. Uh, boundaries were hard for Boundaries us. are hard for you. Yeah, they Fear were. was hard for you. Fear. I, I, I was depression. Yeah, depression. I, I dealt with depression. <laughs> and and that, that depression could be very, very difficult. It was hard. And, and that was I know that. Really I just said it was hard. I, on me. Yeah. 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 I got on you. On me. I, yeah. I was like, anyway. but I had to trust God and go, you know what? Father, you have to do something with him because <laughs> I can't help him. I can't make him better. And, and I was reacting to him instead of I can still respond and get from God what I need even though he's not okay. 
you know. Um, so we had to, we, we've gone through a lot of different things, haven't we? A lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. And the Lord saw us through it all. And, and, you know, and here's the thing, too. Sometimes it's seasons. Yeah. You know, when, when the kids are small, it's one thing. When the kids are lo- older, yeah. it's another thing. Yeah. And you think they leave the home, yeah. that, that they're gone, and that, but they never leave your heart. Yeah. And so it's, it's seasons. We went through seasons mm-hmm. of, of where poverty was a part of our life. Yeah. I hated it, mm-hmm. but we didn't have enough. Mm-hmm. We went through seasons of sickness. Yes. And, and that was difficult. So yeah. I, I think diff- difficult things happen. The, cons- the constant through it all was we, we kept holding on to God. Yeah, we did. And by holding on to God, he helped us hold on to one another. And, and we made it through. And then seeing that in your kids, because we were around the table one day, and I was really sick at that time, and Alan's working so hard. And I said, you know... Alan, you can't do this. And I'm crying, and this is so hard. And Matt was like about nine or ten, and he just, he never sings, but he just went. There's a reason for that. Yeah. (laughs) But in his froggy little voice, he's like, that's what dads are for. In good times, in bad times, he'll be by our side forevermore. And I thought, you know, we got to get through this time. And God, he helped us, and he's there. And it just kind of... We were all eating dinner, and it settled everything. How about, how about a warning before you tell that story again? Talking? Oh, I I, yeah, tissue. that story kills me. <laughs> no, I don't have a tissue. Okay. I got oh, thanks, Mom. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, how can I lead and honor my spouse spiritually if they don't come to church? How can you honor them? How can I lead and honor my spouse spiritually if they don't come to church? Spouse doesn't come to church. How can, how can you honor them? You know, I, I think um, you can always show honor. Yeah. You know, the Bible talked about uh, showing honor and respect to kings and, and those in authority. And this was written to people who lived under Roman rule where some of the, some of the most awful Caesars and awful people existed. And so you're still able to honor that role. And I think honoring the role that your spouse represents Maybe you can't honor everything they do, but you can show honor to them as a, as a person. Yeah. And I think what happens is sometimes as Christians, if we show disdain towards people who are not Christians, that isn't helping them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so to be able to help, I, I'm going to honor everything I can that's good about you mm-hmm. and honor everything I can in the relationship and honor your role as a husband or as a wife. I'm going to do the best I can, and then I'm going to trust God that he can reach your heart and that, and that one day that you'll join me. But I, I do, don't you think too, Ellen, that like as you're going to church, you're honoring God. You honor God, and you honor them, and you're just kind and thoughtful and respectful. The Lord will help. The, the kindness and goodness of the Lord leads someone to repentance and can make a change. So you have to be kind and good. But honoring the Lord, I, th- I think that I wouldn't stop going to church. What do, you, what do you do in a relationship when your significant other belittles and criticizes you? Oh. Well, there's a baseball bat or a nine millimeter. I mean, I would say which, uh, um, that's, that's a hard one. You, I, I did it to you. You want to talk about that? Could you, could you say... I, when your significant other belittles you. That's tough. That's contempt. Yeah, it's but, hard. But let me, let me say this. 
I'd have to say sometimes the difficulty Alan and I had, I'm like, you have something between the Lord that's a problem. I don't know if I'm the problem, but if you are belittling or you have a problem there, probably something in your heart before the Lord. Sometimes it's sorrow. Um, it can be expressed in anger. Sometimes it's just bitterness of soul, something that never got healed on the inside of you. And it's hard to say, but if you, can't, if you don't take it personally and you pray for the person and say, Lord, heal whatever wounds are in their soul, that's the best place. That's how I have prayed for Alan. And I saw God do that. He talked to him. Alan would apologize. He felt, he always, he always felt bad. Yeah. But, but it's, yeah. It, it left our marriage. It did. It left. So here's the good news. Wherever you are right now, it can get better. Yes, it can. It, it can get it really better. Can. And so it, it was there. I was very verbal. I was very unkind. You've heard me tell stories. Mm -hmm. I, had, I, have a, I had a sharp mouth, mm -hmm. and I, was very, I can be very critical mm -hmm. and, and very demeaning. Mm -hmm. and, but thank God, the Lord was merciful to me, and he helped us, and we were able to make it. And so it got less and less and less and less to the point now where if I ever say anything demeaning or unkind to you, it's very, very rare. Yeah. In fact, you look at me like, you never do that anymore. Don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stop. So it can change. I'm so thankful. It's good. Um, how do you share financial responsibilities in the home? If you have two incomes, then you're going to have to sit down and talk about it. And we find that I look for where strengths are. Mm -hmm. I'm a spender. She's a saver. That's good. You have two spenders in the home, <laughs> you've got, you got, you got trouble. Yeah. Uh, too frugal in the home, nobody gets blessed. Uh -huh. But um, uh, the, the, balance, the balance there is we, we've developed a trust, and so we, uh -huh. she, she, handles, she actually runs the finances. I, I do the reconciling. I don't understand taxes as much, so we work off of each other's strength. I'm like, you do the taxes, and I'll do this. So we split up some of our responsibilities based on our strengths. Um, but we, if we're going to make a big purchase, we really we always talk about, we it. Talk about it. We, she, she pretty much runs the budget, mm -hmm. and and then so and I, I recognize that I'm a, I'm a little, like I said, I'm more of a spender, she's more of the saver. So I, I I'll yield to her in some of those areas, and then sometimes it's like no, we're we're going to go. So it, it's a communication back and forth. One of the keys, and everyone say, oh, it's communication, communication. I think communication in the right spirit is the right way. If you can sit down and communicate, go, let's, let's work this out together. It's a whole different story than, you know, some people communicate and it's so harsh and unkind yeah. Yeah. that it, you miss the point. So if you can, you really need to sit down and go, hey, are you good at this? Or are you good at this? Where, where are the strengths and weaknesses here and play off of that? And if you have a problem to say, you know, when you spend that much money, it really scares me because for a woman, often it's like, I don't feel secure. I'm wondering if we're going to make it the next month or how much debt can we actually handle. Sometimes if you attach what it is instead of just be angry, go, I, you know, I'm a little afraid here. I need help. That helps. All right. We're going to jump down a little bit. I'm going into dating. Dating? Yes. Um, what advice as a married couple would you give to a single person as they prepare for his or her mate? It's a question. That's a good question. I, I'm, I'm going to say something. It's not going to make me popular, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
I really believe everyone needs a love committee. And by a love committee, I mean somebody that will tell you the honest truth about the dating relationship that you are currently in. What happens a lot of times is because relationships are so vital to us and so sensitive, maybe you haven't been in a relationship in a while and somebody likes you and you attach so quickly to them, you're not even objectively looking as, is this person going to be good for me long range? Often, what you find, if you ever heard the term love is blind, there's a lot of accuracy in that. And so it would be good to have someone who can, who can step into your life, someone that you will listen to, someone that you trust, someone that has your best interest in mind, who can say, honey, I don't know why you're dating him, but he looks like a serial killer to me. And, uh, <laughs> but just someone who can be honest with you and go, I, I'm, 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 not, I'm not seeing this. And if you can have someone like that, I think that, I think that would be huge. Uh, for that, I, I became that for my daughter when she when she started. She made some bad calls, and so finally she looked at me. She said, "You," she said, "are my man scan." She says, "You're going to scan every man that comes into my life, and if, if you reject them, I reject them." And we we kicked out a few, landed on a good one, and we're happy. But I would I would ask Alan too because women think differently than men. They're like, no. well, I think he really likes me. <laughs> you know, even though he didn't get me anything for Christmas, it's okay. And Alan's like, no, guys don't do that if they really like you. And I'm like, so what do guys do? So I would ask Alan, yeah. what is this boy thinking? Do you think I'm thinking like a woman? Right. And I'm advising Christina from my standpoint. I'm like, what do you because guys know guys, don't they? Do they? Yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> yes, they do. So I, I really think that. Here, here's, here's another thing. If you're dating, you're looking for someone, I'm going to recommend this book again, Sacred Search. You want to find someone that doesn't just look hot. Yeah. You want somebody that 20 years down the road, when some of that hotness faded, oh. you, you need you I, me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. When, when some of that hotness fades or changes, that you've got someone who's stable, someone who's high character, someone yes. who's going to be with you through thick and thin. You need somebody to go the long run, and you're looking for character. A lot of times people are looking for the, the hot chick, or they're looking for Prince Charming. Mm -hmm. And I, I really believe it's helpful to be and say, Lord, because you got rid of the guy that you were dating right before you and I met. Yeah. Big, tall, handsome, mm -hmm. six four, looked like mm -hmm. a Viking. She told me this numerous times. Uh, <laughs> it looked like a Viking. Did it huh? Not, not at all. I won. So, um, uh, so, and, and I was dating a girl that was not right for me. And one of the keys that you did was you asked the Lord if this is not the right one. Yes. Okay. So, sorry, I just interrupted. Please. That's not a good thing for marriage. <laughs> But sometimes I'll talk to single women. I'm like, you have to be willing to have the Lord tell you, no, it's not them. Because in a marriage, and I heard an analogy one time I read, it's like a watermelon. They all kind of look the same or you like the rind, but it's got to be sweet on the inside. And God knows, you know, the distance. Had I gone with this guy, or I don't know, oh, I don't know what would have happened to me. He ended up on a whole different course. And I'm like, Father, you alone knew. But you have to be willing to say no and walk away. It's hard, but it's good. Yeah. It really is.
Yeah. All right, I'm gonna switch gears. Um, how do you continue? I know again. That's what I'm supposed to do. Okay. Right, um, okay. How do you continue to have love and grace for your spouse in the midst of an addiction? Oh, that's hard. That's tough. How do you have love and grace for a spouse in the midst of an addiction? How and, when, and another follow-up could be, how and when do you draw a tough line? I think you can love someone always and pray for them always. If their behavior is such that they need external help or you need to be away from them because it is damaging and, and really not healthy for your children or you, you can still love from a distance. You can still love with a separateness if you have to until they get help. And really, in the sincerity of your heart, say, I love you, I care about you, I know you have wounds on the inside of you, and I believe you can come through this. And whether or not they do, then you give that and commit them to the Lord. No, no, that, I, no, I agree. At, at yeah. some point in time, is it a safe environment? Yeah. Is, is it an environment where your family's been taken care of? Yeah. Or is it an environment where you're, you're in essence, you're abandoned? And, you, and, and this individual has put you in an unsafe place. If there's abuse, if, if there's abandonment, if there's adultery, I think those would get to a safer place. Mm -hmm. If some people are functional addicts, mm -hmm. and so that would be just a, you know, really almost how much pain can you endure? And, and you, you're gonna have to ask the Lord on that. That's, that's, I'd, I'd be very hard pressed to me tell you what to do having never married someone who was an addict. I, I just know you need a lot of grace and you need a lot of help. But you have to be safe. It has to be a safe environment. The love of God is protective too. We don't think of it that way. I've talked to women that are like, you know, they grew up in an abusive home and they're like, how come, you know, my mom didn't do anything? She didn't stand up for what was right. I still think that's loving because it's protective and you can love from a distance. You don't have to be unkind about it. You're just... I'm going to protect, really, what's God's. That might be one of the hardest questions that we've yeah. had all, all morning. That's hard. That's tough. We'll pray for you. Yeah, we will. How do you forgive your spouse when they have failed or disappointed you? Yeah. <laughs> Forgiveness is, is, is a choice, it is. and it's not a feeling. And sometimes we just simply have to forgive by faith. And you, you forgive someone and again, I'm, I'm, this is situational. Are, are we talking about repeated acts of adultery? You may forgive, but have to, to walk away. Are we talking about they didn't do something that they said they were going to do and, it, and it, it kind of inconvenienced the family or caused some hurt or pain? You, you're going to have to forgive, honestly, because you've got to forgive for you. Because if you don't, the, the tendency to get bitter is there. And if bitterness sets in, that's the killer of, of relationships. And, and so forgiving is just something that we have to remind ourselves that the Lord forgave us. I need forgiveness, and I'm willing to extend it. You had to forgive me a lot. Do you want I did. To weigh in? <laughs> well, I needed well, to forgive me. I wasn't, I wasn't that good at forgiveness. What's helped me is I asked the Lord, Father, do I have offense? 
or unforgiveness in me towards Alan or anybody else. You can have it towards your kids. Sorry, Matt, but it's true. It's true. And I'm like, I, I, I have offense. And, and as, as soon as I ask the Lord, sometimes it'll go boom, 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 boom. Yes, you do. And you're like, oh, I didn't want to ask that question. Um, so don't let it sit. Ask the Lord. And you and him alone know. Sometimes we ask other people. They don't know you. You and God know, I do. And, and I go, I'm sorry, Lord, I just need to let this go. Help me with all the feelings attached. Um, but it's key. Yeah, it is. It really is key. It is. And, and the Bible says, talks about mm -hmm. being uh, kind, tenderhearted, forgiving mm -hmm. one another, mm -hmm. even as God in Christ forgave us. Yes. And so it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's really key to relationships. Because you know what? People are going to disappoint you. Yes. God never does. People do. Yeah. And so we have to we have to forgive. It'll sweeten your bitter waters. Yeah. It'll sweeten bitter things that have happened. And you know, as we were praying this morning, I sensed too. You use the word disappointing. Yeah. Sometimes things happen in life and in marriage, and you're like, I'm disappointed. I just never thought this would happen. Um, and I just believe that God wants to sweeten things for you and lift the disappointment off. He's our strength, and he helps us with everything. He's so good. Hmm. Uh, one, of la one of the last questions, how do you regain trust after infidelity? Oh. It's That's, earned. Trust is earned. Forgiveness is given. Trust is earned. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I realize sometimes people, have not, and I've heard this as a pastor before, they go, well, I said I was sorry. And, and that's good. But because someone maybe has, has forgiven you does not necessarily mean that they trust you. And so I like to see actions that lead me to think that trust can be gained again. You know, sometimes, it was, I believe it was John the Baptist that had the classic line. He said uh, to people who are coming to be baptized, he said, he said, bring forth fruits that are meet for repentance. Basically what he was saying is, that's kind of King James, but what he was saying is, he's saying is, there needs to be actions to back up that you have repented. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes, I've, I've, and I've talked with people, there has been infidelity. I say, great, could, I, I, I think you guys could benefit by going to some classes or counseling. No, I don't want to do that. Well, that's a problem. Yeah. Because if you really want that thing to work, then you should be willing to do whatever it takes to regain the trust and, and to get it back. That's tough. That's a tough one. I, the, the most beautiful thing I heard of a couple that restored after an, an adulterous situation is every time that she was crying and had a difficult time, he said, I'm sorry I've hurt you. I'm sorry I hurt you. And he'd say it every time, and that brought healing. So he, he didn't... He didn't act like this situation didn't cause her pain. But through that... They rebuilt trust, and they're a wonderful, and they're a wonderful, wonderful couple. couple. So there's hope. So you can get through that. There is hope there. Mm -hmm. All right, last question. If you could do it over again, what would you have done differently earlier in your marriage? Oh. <laughs> we don't have, we don't. <laughs> we, 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 there's no way we have time for that. Um, gosh. I wish we had walked, we had had more faith. Yeah. 
earlier on, had we had more trust in God instead of putting the pressure on each other, I think it would have stopped a ton of arguments. I think we could have walked in love more. Um, it would have been healthier for y'all, really. That's, that's something we regret. If we didn't have kids so early? No. No. <laughs> know we were gonna have him. No, I know we didn't know, know. we were gonna have him. It's he was such a, a surprise. He was the surprise and <laughs> continues to be I a surprise. <laughs> yeah, no, I had me. Yeah. A good one though. Yes. <laughs> it's, 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 a good, it's a good surprise. <laughs> it's such a special way to end Nothing this. but love for you, brother. Nothing but love. You asked the question. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> I'm just the messenger. Yeah. All right. That's all the questions we have. That's it? That's it. Yeah, I, I, here, here's, as we wrap this up, and I, I hope that maybe one thing we've said or one nugget has helped you. Here's something that Joy and I have realized. We had a bad marriage. Mm -hmm. It has turned into a very good marriage. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't turned into a good marriage because we're pastors. It, it, because we had tough times while we were pastors. Mm -hmm. What's happened is, as we have stayed connected to the Lord, he's helped us grow. I think we underestimate the idea of growing spiritually. I think maybe we underestimate the idea that Christianity is really not a, a place of weakness. It's a place of strength. And as you grow as a, as a Christian, as you grow spiritually, that's a strength place. Walking in love is strong. Being unselfish is strong. Being kind when you feel like you want to buy, there's strength there. And I think, I really believe we need to flip the narrative of Christianity. Often the media, everyone portrays it as such a weak place. It's not. It's a place of strength. And David said, Lord, you are my light and my salvation. You are the strength of my life. And so for Joy and I both, the fact that we stay connected to him. And listen, you can have a relationship with the Lord regardless of whether your spouse does or not. You can be the only one in your family that loves God. You can still have a great relationship with him. And that's, and that's really the crux of it, is I can have a relationship, Joy can have a relationship, but then it, it, does it draw us together? Yes. But we'll all have to stand before the Lord one day. And we'll stand as individuals, not as couples. And as we stand as individuals, it's my relationship with him that sweetens everything else in my life. So let me just ask you, just as we get ready to close, if you're here and maybe you recognize today, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I've never asked him or I'm just not sure. Or you, you knew the Lord at one time and you realize you've gotten away from him. We're going to say a prayer. You know, that this is the ark. This is what we do. We give people an opportunity to make a connection with God because we know that regardless, church, anything else, the most important thing is that you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. That's the most important thing. And so we want to give you an opportunity to do that. So I'm going to ask if you will, would you bow your heads just for a moment? And if you came here today and said, you know what, I, I, I don't have a relationship, but I want one, or, or I've gotten away from the Lord and I want to come back, we're going to say a very simple prayer. We're not going to ask you to get up or come to the front. We're not going to embarrass anybody at all, but we are going to give you an opportunity to make a decision, and I'm going to ask you to do one thing. If you want that relationship with the Lord, do you want to come back to him and you would like our prayers, I'm going to ask you to do one thing real simply. Just shoot your hand up across the auditorium and say, Alan, that's me. I want a relationship with the Lord or I want to come back to him. If that's you right now, would you just raise your hand, lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else say, Alan, that's me. Would you guys pray for me? Yeah, I got you. Way in the back. Anybody else? Wonderful. Thank you. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. 
Thank you for your courage. It takes courage to do that. But it's the best decision you'll ever make. Because it not only impacts this life, it impacts the next. I'm a legion of prayer. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you wanted to. You can pray this prayer with us right from the heart. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Now, since you're bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to do one more thing. I'm going to pray for marriages and pray for single people and just all of our relationships. Father, thank you. For those marriages in here that are strong and healthy, we're grateful for that and thankful. Father, for those that are struggling or those that are barely surviving, I thank you that there's hope and things can improve. Father, for those who want to be married one day have never had a love into their life, thank you that you can give them a peace in their heart that it can certainly happen for them. And Father, for those who are single again, that you would give them a grace and a peace to allow them to forgive themselves, to forgive others, and to move forward in a way that would be honoring to you and be a blessing in their next relationship. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that you are so merciful to us. You are the master of relationships. And we can look to you for help in every single one of ours. We give you all the praise for this. We ask for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.